The U.S. Department of Human Health and Services recently launched the COVID-19 Therapeutics Locator. This website allows providers to find locations where they can send prescriptions for Pixlovid and Molnupiravir. Find the COVID-19 Therapeutics Locator online at https backslash backslash arcg.is backslash iuu. W five zero. For the last two years, humanity has faced the challenge to find an effective way to fight COVID nineteen. This pressing charge has not been free of obstacles. It has been hindered by politics, misinformation, greed jealousy, and many other not-so-positive human traits. For me, as a primary care physician, living through the pandemic has been somewhat frustrating. And for me as a human being, has been kind of shaming as well. Stupidity, vulgarity, and mediocrity are a few of the attributes that have flourished during the last two years all around us. But not everything about the pandemic has been negative. Many talented people with good intentions have engaged in serious research and have made tremendous contributions to science and humanity. Vaccines have been developed throughout the world using cutting-edge technology, and their efficacy has been very positive so far. Many medications have been tried to fight COVID-19 since the beginning, some clinicians have tried to repurpose old medications in their honest desires to fight COVID-19. Examples include ACE inhibitors, statins, azithromycin, hydroxychloroquine, and chloroquine, which have not been proven to be effective against this virus so far. Ivermectin, for example, an antiparasitic medication used for many, many years, has been very controversial since the beginning of the pandemic. Ivermectin is not approved by the FDA for the treatment of any viral infection, including COVID-19. Until today, the National Institutes of Health do not have enough data to recommend for or against using Ivermectin for COVID-19. I quote, Results from adequately powered, well-designed, and well-conducted clinical trials are needed to provide more specific evidence-based guidance on the role of ivermectin in the treatment of COVID-19. Close quote. Ivermectin is still being used by some clinicians in the United States based on personal experience and opinions. At this time, Remdesivir, brand name Vecluri, is the only medication approved by the FDA to treat COVID-19. IV Remdesivir won full FDA approval in October 2020 for hospitalized patients, and its use has been expanded a couple days ago to include use in non-hospitalized high-risk patients. The NIH recommends against interleukin-6 inhibitors, such as tocilizumab or sarilumab, in COVID-19 patients who are not in the ICU. At this moment, there is not enough 
data for the NIH to make recommendations for patients who are in the ICU. That's for the medications IL-6 inhibitors. Bericitinib is an oral medication used to treat rheumatoid arthritis authorized in November 2020 to be used in combination with remdesivir for the treatment of COVID-19 in certain hospitalized children and adults who require supplemental oxygen, mechanical ventilation, or extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, ECG, ECMO. Bericitinib is now authorized to be used with remdesivir against COVID-19 in hospitalized patients. Of course, we cannot forget the use of dexamethasone in patients who require oxygen. There is a lot to learn about pharmacology and COVID-19, but today we want to give you a little taste of two oral medications that have been on the spotlight recently. First one, Paxlovid, and the second, second one, Molnupiravir. You will listen to two brave medical students presenting what they have found about these two medications. This is Rio Bravo Q Week, your weekly dose of knowledge brought to you by the Rio Bravo Family Medicine Residency Program from Bakersfield, California. Our program is affiliated with UCLA and it's sponsored by Clinica Sierra Vista. Let us be your healthcare home. Today is January 28, 2022. Today we're going to talk about medications for COVID-19. So you heard already a little introduction by me, which expresses my frustration and my hope uh, to find a cure for COVID-19. But right now I have Yasmin Fasli, and she's going to introduce herself. Go ahead. Thank you, Dr. Ariaza. So like he said, my name is Yasmin Fasli. I'm a third-year medical student at Ross University. Yeah, welcome, Yasmin, and Thank thanks you. for accepting this challenge to give us new information, to give us updated information about a medication that has been in the news lately. So introduce the medication and tell us what it is. Thank you. Thank you for having me, by the way. So we're going to be talking about Paxlovid. Um, this is a first oral treatment for mild to moderate coronavirus disease in patients over 12 to be issued by the FDA. So the FDA issued an emergency use authorization on December 22nd of last year. It's made up of two different medications, Nermatrovir, a medication name that I do not like, <laughs> and Ritonavir. Nermatrovir is a protease inhibitor, while Ritonavir helps decrease the breakdown of Nermatrovir. Yeah, the combination that is authorized by the FDA, remember this authorized, it's not approved yet, but it's authorized for emergency use authorization, is uh, Nermatrovir 300 milligrams plus Ritonavir 100 milligrams. You may remember it, Ritonavir used in combination with other antiretrovirals for the treatment of HIV or AIDS. So it's a medication that we already know. It's been on the market since 1996, actually. Yeah, it's a well-known medication to us. And so at the end of 2021, Pfizer announced results from a trial that they did uh, comparing Paxlovid versus a placebo and actually revealed that Paxlovid reduced proportion of mortality and morbidity by 88% compared to placebo after a five-day course. That's very significant. So do you read anything about when and how to prescribe it, yes? 
Yeah. So to use Paxilvid, some criteria need to be met by the patient. So the first one is going to be having a positive result of COVID-19 testing, obviously. The second is going to be the patient must be at high risk for illness progression to a much more severe state like hospitalization or possible death. And the last one would be the patient has to be 12 years or older. So Paxilvid, once the criteria has been met, should be started as soon as possible after diagnosing COVID-19 and within five days of symptom onset. It's going to be taken orally by mouth two times a day for five days straight, and it can be with or without food. And you take three pills twice a day, so six pills total. It's not authorized for more than the five days, though. So six pills a day, and then a total of 30 pills, then. That's the whole treatment. Yeah, it's it's a good treatment for five days, but I don't like taking six pills a day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so Paxlovid is also not authorized for something else as well, which is pre-exposure or post-exposure prevention of COVID. It's actually really not meant to be a replacement for the vaccine. It's supposed to be emergency treatment for when you're already sick and then, you know, in need of it. Great. So it's good to, it's good to clarify that. So as all other medications, so Paxlovid can have some side effects. What side effects do you find in your review? Yes, so ironically enough, some of the possible side effects are pretty similar to having COVID itself. Um, one of them is going to be dysgeusia, which is the altered or impaired sense of taste that we've all been familiar with for two years. Diarrhea, increased blood pressure and myalgia, which is also known as muscle aches. Nermatrovir and ritonavir, which comprise Paxlovid, also interact with other medications, which can lead to possible serious or life threatening adverse reactions. Let's talk about some contraindications. It is contraindicated in patients taking medications that are dependent on CYP3A metabolism for clearance. For example, warfarin, amiodarone, clozapine, midazolam, and sildenafil. But the sildenafil, it has to be uh, the high dose that used for pulmonary hypertension. If the patient is taking sildenafil for erectile dysfunction, which is a lower dose, they are okay. They can take uh, Paxlovid. A list of these medications has been reviewed by the FDA, and you can look it up online. Some other um, things that we would like to talk about for side effects would be liver problems. So we know ritonavir, like you mentioned earlier, we've seen this drug for a while, and so we're aware that it can cause some liver problems. Therefore, caution should be exercised when administering Paxlovid to patients with pre-existing liver diseases, liver enzyme abnormalities, or hepatitis. Furthermore, Paxlovid isn't recommended for patients with severe kidney problems, and if it is needed to be used, the dose, the dose excuse me, needs to be adjusted. So because nermatrovir is co-administered with ritonavir, there may also be a risk of HIV-1 developing resistance to HIV protease inhibitors in individuals with uncontrolled or undiagnosed HIV-1 infection. That's very significant. So... There is not a guideline for that, but maybe it's good to know the HIV status for some patients before studying it, especially if they are at high risk of having HIV. I agree. Definitely needs to be looked at. And then another uh, point of clarification is pregnancy and lactation. This has been a really big topic with people and patients. So right now, there's no data available for us to understand any potential effects on miscarriages, birth defects, or maternal and fetal outcomes. So considering all of this, please review your patient's list of medications, supplements, and a medical history prior to thinking of starting Paxlovid. So as a new medication, there is always concerns in our patients, you know, what's, what should be uh, our concerns about this medication? So 
tell us what you found, Yasmin. So there are some concerns, and the main one is going to be because of the limited clinical data availability, there could be other adverse effects that we're just not aware of and haven't been reported yet, um, on top of the ones we do know about. Okay, like ritonavir is a well-known medication. You know, and we know the profile, we know the side effects, we know the all the concerns with ritonavir, but nirmatrelvir is brand new, so we still have to wait until the medication is taken by many patients to see if there is any side effects. Exactly. And then another concern would be actually the limited availability. So even though it has shown positive results, it's not widely available yet, which leads to having to prioritize certain populations, such as the unvaccinated patients over vaccinated ones. This could prove to be a moral and ethical concern for physicians. Certainly. So let's talk about the effectiveness. How effective is this medication? So there is obviously no long-term data on Paxlovid yet. However, from what we do know, it is proving to be much more effective than placebo by almost 90%, which shows much promise. It works against current or previous variants of COVID. Okay, the study was done by Pfizer, and the study was called EPIC-HR. It is a randomized, double-blind, two-arm study done by um, Pfizer to prove Paxlovid. It included 2,246 patients with laboratory-confirmed COVID-19, and they had mild to moderate symptoms, and at least one comorbidity with increased risk of developing severe illness from COVID-19. The patients were randomly assigned one-to-one to receive either placebo or Paxlovid by mouth every 12 hours for five days. The results... Well, you mentioned some of the results, Yasmin, already, the 90%, it's close to 90%, but Paxlovid significantly reduced the risk of COVID-19-related hospitalizations or death from any cause by 89%, and that was within three days of symptom onset, compared with, plac- with placebo, which is very significant. So 89%, less, op- less hospitalizations and less mortality. Through day 28, only 0.7%, that was 5 patients out of 697 of the patients in the Paxlovid arm were hospitalized. So only 5 patients were hospitalized. Um, and compared to 6.5%, that was 44 patients out of 682 patients in the placebo arm. So it was 0.7% in Paxlovid versus 6.5% of the one in the placebo. So you see that the hospitalization is significantly lower in the Paxlovid arm. Yeah. Oh, and also mortality. The study also showed that nobody died taking Paxlovid, so that's good. Well, Very tw- good. <laughs> yeah, well, 12 people died while taking placebo. Of course, died, died no, not of the placebo, but because of COVID-19. Yeah, these studies are really promising. Um, it, you know, it really shows really good results. Paxlovid is already showing so much so much promise. Um, and Pfizer will also be announcing more information on the effectiveness as t- uh, as time passes by. So we'll all be learning together. Yeah. And now let's talk about how expensive it is. Yasmin, what do you find about the price? So the original pricing was announced and it was to be $530. However, it's been added that it'll be at no cost to the U.S. people, which is great. Yeah, um, that's great. Eventually, I think there might be uh, some kind of agreement between Pfizer and the government to provide this medication to as many people as we can. So far, I haven't prescribed it yet, uh, but I know that many patients might benefit from this medication. 
I agree. I think it would be beneficial. Yeah. Thank you, Yasmin, for the updates. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ariaza, for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Arthi. I'm a third year medical student at Ross University School of Medicine, and thank you for having me. So if you hear our voices are a little muffled, it's because we're wearing our masks. Omicron is crazy right now. It's, we have several people who are infected. And, and what is good is that it's not, a, it's not as severe as the previous variant, the Delta variant. But welcome, Arti. And so let's talk about Molnupiravir. What is Molnupiravir? So Molnupiravir is actually an antiviral medication that can be used to treat COVID-19. It is a nucleoside analog that inhibits viral replication. The active drug of Molnupiravir, N-hydroxycytidine, tricks the RNA polymerase enzyme into incorporating this drug instead of uridine or cytidine. And these nucleobases continue to get added to this RNA chain, and eventually the new RNA molecule has accumulated so many errors that the virus can no longer replicate. So they make the RNA very unstable and unable to replicate. That's great. And uh, so let's talk about when and how you prescribe monopiravir. Yeah, so molnupiravir is actually available for emergency youth author authorization for mild to moderate COVID-19 disease in adults with positive results of direct viral testing who are at risk of developing severe COVID-19, including hospitalization or death, or even in those in whom alternative COVID-19 treatments options approved by the FDA are not accessible or clinically appropriate yet. So that means that before you get to the hospital, if you have a risk of having severe disease, then you can get monopiravir from your doctor. So the FDA provided this EUA status, that's emergency use authorization, on December 23rd, 2021. Yeah, and furthermore, for this drug, there are actually certain criteria you have to meet. And molnupiravir can only be taken as soon as COVID-19 is diagnosed and within five days of symptom onset. It's not really used as, as a method to prevent the disease, though. Benefits of treatment have not been seen after hospitalization, so it's important to administer molnupiravir in patients um, that, are not hospitalized. That, are in, that are not hospitalized. And patients that are hospitalized due to COVID-19, it's not recommended in them. And how to prescribe this is that adults above the age of 18 should be given 18, 800, sorry, 800, 800 milligrams orally every 12 hours for five days with or without food and use longer than five days has not been studied. Okay, so you're going to have patients who are going to try to convince you to prescribe monopiravir because they have been exposed. So uh, prophylaxis is not one of the emergency use authorizations given by the FDA. So do not prescribe it if the patient is not diagnosed with COVID-19. So any side effects that you read about? Yeah, so actually the, some of the most common side effects that are seen in patients who are taking this medication are diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting. Okay, let's talk about the most common concerns because we have patients who are going to be asking about these. For example, using children. What do you read about it? Yeah, so use in children, um, it's not to be used in patients who are under the age of 18 because of the effects on bone and cartilage growth. Studies in rats actually showed that repeated doses of molnupiravir showed bone and cartilage toxicity. 
and pregnancy, of course. Pregnancy is a big topic always. So do you read anything about the use of monopiravir in pregnancy? Yeah, so in patients who are pregnant, fetal toxicity was actually observed when the medication was given to pregnant individuals in animal reproduction studies. And the risk of adverse maternal or fetal outcomes or birth defects have not been studied in humans as of now. So therefore, use of molnupiravir in pregnant individuals can only be considered once the prescribing physician has assessed the potential benefits and the risks for their certain patients. And before starting the treatment of molnupiravir, if it's clinically indicated, it's important to assess whether a patient is pregnant. So if a patient says that they're having irregular menstrual cycles, their last uh, menstrual period first date is unknown, or the patient is not currently using an effective method of contraception, a pregnancy test is advised. Females uh, who are at childbearing age are also use, are advised to use an effective method of contraception while under treatment of molnupiravir and for four days after the final dose. The effects of the drug on sperm are not known as, as of now, so it's recommended that effective contraception is used under the treatment of molnupiravir and for three months after the last dose. Additionally, breastfeeding is also not recommended during treatment of molnupiravir and for four days after the last dose. So use of pregnancy and breastfeeding age is always complicated. It's not, it's not that easy. It's actually can be risky so you have to consider that into when, when you have a patient that you're going to prescribe monopiravir to so let's let's talk about how effective it is yeah so basically although the drug is is present it's not a substitute in patients for whom covid-19 vaccination and booster are recommended it can be only be used for treatment of non-hospitalized patients who have covid who are at a high risk of progression to severe disease. In MoveOut, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled clinical trial, it was seen that 7% of almost 700 individuals who received molnupiravir were hospitalized compared to almost 10% of 700 individuals who received the placebo. During the, the follow-up period, one person who received molnupiravir died compared to nine people who had received the placebo. And the safety and effectiveness of molnupiravir continues to be studied. Yeah, definitely. Those numbers are not very impressive. You know, they, there is not a lot of individuals as part of the trials. And, and the difference between 7% who received molnupiravir were hospitalized versus 10% of the patients who received placebo. So that's not very impressive, but at least it's something, right? So I haven't prescribed this medication to any of my patients yet. And actually, RT and me, we did this little research on Google to see if it was available in pharmacies. And we couldn't find any information that is available yet in pharmacies. And uh, so the price, um, the preliminary price list says that it can be $700 for a five-day course of treatment of monopiravir. So take that into account, too. Uh, it's, a, it's a medication that is new. It's not you know, widely studied, it's not widely available yet, but we put it out there for you guys to know about it. So Monopiravir. Thank you so much, Arti, for that information. Thank you so much.
Now we conclude our episode number 80, Oral Meds for COVID-19. We hope you got enough information about these two medications, Paxlovid and Molnupiravir. Remember that they are authorized, not approved yet by the FDA for the treatment of COVID-19. They are both oral medications taken twice a day for five days. Their use in pregnant patients is not recommended yet. Pexlovid can be used in patients older than 12 years old and Molnupiravir in patients older than 18 years old. We'll keep learning together about these medications in the future. Even without trying, every night you go to bed being a little wiser. Thanks for listening to Rio Bravo Q Week. If you have any feedback about this podcast, please contact us by email at riobravoqweek at clinicaceravista.org or visit our website at riobravofmrp.org backslash qweek. This podcast was created for educational purposes only. Please visit your primary care physician for additional medical advice. This week, we thank Hector Ariaza, Arti Patel, and Yasmin Fazli. Audio by Sarajam Ruthia. See you next week.